Greetings and welcome to another episode of Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host, Andrew Stamper. I don't know why I just said as always. I mean, this is only episode two, but whatever. doesn't matter. So again, greetings and thank you for, for tuning in. I don't know why I just said tuning in. This isn't radio, so you're not really turning it up. So chances are if you're here, it's because of the fact that you just and you know intended to be here so either way thank you very much for for joining us today i'm really excited about tonight's episode i get to talk to one of my my oldest friends somebody that i've known for the past i don't know at this point we're 2020 so the past 20 years or so i know from a different life when we were both in the united states navy without further ado my good friend wendell e (laughs) sferison hey what's going on how you doing, man? How you been? I've been so good. I mean, so good, so bad. It's it's the uh, I'm a, I feed off of crowds, and the crowds are all kind of well, e- either gone or like fear monger contaminated. So it's kind of been kind of a weird, uh, strange thing. But we're definitely in a state stasis of like, you know, different. You know, there's a lot of there's nothing's going to change. You know, that everything changes after right. all of this and uh yeah it's it's definitely like a kind of a chrysalis moment you know whatever happens after this is just gonna be but yeah um onwards and upwards it's my best life so far awesome <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear that you just said like you feed off the crowd i should have also mentioned in your intro so i'm failing right off the bat but to our listeners wendell is a singer musician songwriter renaissance man billy idol looking motherfucker Uh, you know just all around cool dude mm -hmm. so what are you working on these days oh it's funny that you mentioned that because um you know the band i was in for like 12 years um once covid hit um the clients and the you know the crowds and the clients were about really the only reason i was playing in that same band for you know i don't know about eight or nine out of those 12 years um so when they went away i parted ways disassociated i'm in the middle of some pretty awesome stuff there over here in hampton roads though i mean i'm gonna get into a another pretty big deal sort of thing and uh you know have a little career change uh it's real cool transitional place um there's they're going on they hired my brother back it's pretty funny but yeah that's hence the beard which is awesome because i can do this and i don't even and i you don't even have to pretend i have a beard because i have one and i'm like mm. right but yeah um first bit first time i've ever had crazy facial hair and like you know because doing the whole billy idol guy thing you know yeah kind of like being an elvis impersonator except it's billy idol um for a living i mean we were doing really uh really good it was a while for a while there i didn't even need a day job just that you know um, are you doing it like a day gig right now or um you no, know, right now it's um, it's like the first free summer I've had in a long time. Um, let's see, we got married. Uh, my wife and I got married in eighteen, uh, in November of eighteen, and the summer after that, uh, her dad uh, he flew us out to Denver, and then we rode motorcycles to Sturgis and back, and this awesome shirt from there. Um, total motorcycle lottery. Um, that is just like a snapshot on just how awesome things are <laughs> in my life. It's like, what's going to happen? You know, what happens three months from now? I mean, you know, maybe I win the lottery. I would, it wouldn't surprise me. There's just been so much awesome. But, um, 
Yeah, right now, as far as musician, you know, gigs, you know, it's it's hit or miss of come and go. I do a lot of solo things now and again. I kind of guest spot, jump in there and, uh, you know, sing with, yes, there's a, there's a country band over here, Buckshot. I'm doing a lot of work. I mean, I'll show up and sing like Hank Williams Jr., who I bear a striking resemblance to now when he puts sunglasses and a cowboy hat on. And I can just pull that off, too. Um, I... They're just so, I mean, I, I, I can't believe how much is going on in life. It's, and I want to put it all in one sentence, but I can't, but, uh, it's, uh, like everything or nothing. <laughs> it was, but yeah, man, uh, I can't wait. I mean, after, after everything calms down and everybody kind of gets, you know, right size again, it's going to be uh, really interesting to see, uh, where all this clutches out. Oh, um, brass tacks on that. Some of the things, uh, I got incorporated. So, I mean, I'm, I'm my own LLC now, uh, musically, that's going to be pretty cool. And, uh, ah, there's more, I know there's more forgetting. It'll probably come up left field. You know how I am. <laughs> so yeah, all that, I mean, that, that's, that's awesome. It sounds like you've got a lot, a lot going on, man. Oh yeah. Um, Things are at a really cool place, you know, getting a, getting something knocked out situated for uh, quasi joint custody with the kids. So, I mean, I, my kids come over, her kids come over and there's like five all told. So it's like crazy Brady bunch here, whichever given week we're talking about. What are you doing? Doug? Yeah. I mean, you, you've got a, you got enough there to start your own band, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> dogs pulling stuff off the table. Um, yeah. And, um, things are, man, oh, I didn't even mention school of rock. I knew I was forgetting something. Um, every Wednesday I'll go and teach school of rock. Um, it's a, they kind of got a franchise thing, sort of like the movie. Um, but the particular group of kids that I'm working with, um, it's, they call it rock one one And I'll basically take kids who already have like private lessons and whatnot and put them together and they have a set. You know, like five or six songs. What are they doing right now? Um, like when I come around green day, um, Iron Man, um, you know, five or six songs. And they're doing it like, like, like next weekend. I think it's been weird because we've been doing it on a zoom meeting. So we haven't been in a one room to do this in, except for the last uh, two Wednesdays when they uh, cleared up phase three over here. So yeah, that was like, you, wow. Now do you, now, do you live where? I mean, you're in Virginia, I'm in Virginia North Beach, Hampton. Virginia. Okay, Virginia yeah. Beach, Virginia. So um, that's approximately where we met, right? Yeah. Back, uh, yeah. So yeah. For the listeners, uh, both Wendell and myself, we we met in 2000, 2001, thereabouts, mm-hmm. and uh, we were both stationed on the same ship. Yeah. He was in so deck, do you, and uh, I got a sweet spot for all the guys in deck because I was in deck myself. Um, so uh, those are the guys that paint and ship and basically work their asses off more than everybody else, you know. But you know, everybody outranks you, and you got to kind of strike and do your thing. So, but yeah, they're the ones that get it done. How long were you in the Navy? Four years and eleven months. Yeah, um, there was those two extensions. I. Uh, they they gave me two extensions. I was supposed to reenlist, but when uh, yeah, the the reenlistment deal didn't really work out, and you know they kind of got caught with their pants down. So 
I just served the other extension uh, and got right out. It was weird too, because I was like getting my leave papers signed to get out of the Navy, like watching the twin towers go down. It was right around that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even think I got a war ribbon or anything because that from like November 96 to technically October, 2001, we weren't at war. You know, we didn't go to war until like the February or March afterwards. Wait, you got out in like 2001, 2002? Yeah, October 2001. Shit, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't know why I thought you were in... Granted, I I can't remember when. I think I left the ship in 2002, maybe 2003. Yeah, you got like journalist though. Like the CEO got... And that's unheard yeah. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I got uh, that was kind of being cool. in a rock band once, but I never even heard of what happened to you. You know, journalist. Yeah, I essentially, yeah, I essentially got promoted off the ship. You know, so like the the captain did, and this was a captain that seemingly everybody, from my recollection, everybody hated. Yeah, you know, um, he had your back though. Yeah, yeah, and which was really really cool in, in that respect. You know, I, I spent a lot of time up on the bridge, mm-hmm. so. We, we'd shoot the shit, you know, he'd come out, uh, if I was standing watch or if I was driving the ship, because to be perfectly honest, I think that's what I did more than anything um, when I was on that boat. Yeah. Just, uh, doing helm, Lee helm. And then obviously that, <laughs> Hey buddy, that's uh, my son, Sean, he just crashed the camera. It's funny. I do this segment on the show. It's called the hot seat and it's kind of like a, like a trivia, like five questions. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and test you on this one specific Navy question. Mm. Do you remember our first, like, or rather, do you remember our introduction? Uh, is it in Birthing 3? Was that where we were at? You know? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if uh, it was probably, yeah, I had a bald head then. You sure did. And I'm like, I was like doing that fight club. Brad Pitt thing, you know, like, you know, um, but I don't remember who introduced us. I don't remember the context of it. I do remember like our little movie buff quote thing. Uh, the one of the, one of the things I remember doing was the, uh, I don't know, somebody got a hat from Bahamas. One of the, one of the guys in deck. And I'm like, what the hell is this crap hat? Who got this thing? And it was like, I don't even remember his name. Oh, but it looks good on you, though. Yeah, but but it looks good on you, though. Yeah, and I totally went (laughs) Rodney Dangerfield with it, and you totally got it. And that was like the – that's the one I remember. But that probably happened after we met, didn't it? Yeah, that happened after. But, no, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. It was in the birthing. You were were messing with your bald head, and (laughs) I'm – I'm just, I'm just like unpacking my shit into my rack, like putting, putting my clothes and everything. And then you, and, and you're just kind of like, dude, you're, you're strolling on like over wearing your, your, your coveralls. You stare into the mirror, you know, doing your ball and you turn and like you, you know? And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you. Yeah. Cause you were new. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's pretty much probably what I think. And yeah, that, it's I don't really know. People don't know the Navy, though. I mean, when we're talking a lot about deck, deck is undesignated sailors. I mean, they're called seamen, but we don't want to put you through that shit. But, you know, when you're in designated, you know, there's two kinds of undesignated people. 
there are, you know, people who just get straight out of boot camp and they come in because they, they don't know what they want. They either don't know what they want to do or they really can't do anything, but, you know, chip paint and do stuff. And, you know, in a lord of mid intelligence level, you know, but I got kicked out of a school already. I was, you know, an ET drop. You, I can just tell you were smart and you were new face. And I'm like, there's something going on with that guy. Who are you? What's going on? But yeah, so you got the characters come together. Yeah, I got kicked out of uh, journalism school um, with my then fiance. Yeah. We, we had, we had this call, bad, by the way. You're going to kick yeah, somebody yeah, out yeah. of school for that? Yeah, we, it, I mean, I'm not, I'm not at this point, you know, I've, I've gone over it, but there is still this element of being very, very bitter about how the whole thing went down. And yeah, so not to eat up too much of, of this podcast over it, the, the school that I was in, it was a all branches program. So there were people that were Marines, Air Force, Army, Navy. We might've had Coast Guard people there. I can't, I can't recall. I always think about the full metal jacket bit when you're like, journalism? What are you, fucking Mickey Spillane? You're not a writer, you're a killer. Fact, I made my decision to join the Navy after doing a double feature, watching Aliens, and then Full Metal Jacket. Now, granted, both those Marine movies are about Marines, but I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. I'm five nine, one forty at that time. I'm like, I'm like, I can write, yeah. and Joker is a journalist. I wonder if the Navy have a journalism program. And yeah, they they did. I was 20 <laughs> years old. I had I had just moved back to the United States because uh, I you know I was living back home in Bermuda, and I'm like, fuck it, I have nothing else going on. I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I know I like to write. So boom, wow. join the Navy. As a, you were yeah. 20 then. Yeah. 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 So joined as a journalist, went to the the school, met a girl. We we had a good, you know, connection and everything. And we both we both fucked up on respect. Well, I, I fucked up on a paper. She just had a shitty attitude as far as like the the upper <laughs> echelons. They just thought she had a bad attitude. And no. I'm sure she at this point today very well may say that she did have a bad attitude, but I fucked up on a paper. And because I was in a, a class ahead of her, what they would normally do is if somebody like failed a test or whatever, they would, they would do what they call set you back. So they would, they'd hold you back one month. Mm. So, and that's normally what they would have done, but they thought I was trying to, because as Wendell just said, Oh, this guy is smart. They, nobody could believe that the seemingly intelligent guy would make a mistake. And that, that that's what it oh was. And I'll my, yeah. I'll go to my grave with dude, you know, I was 20 years old and I was more of a creative writer than a, a news reporter. So I editorialized a, uh, a promotion. I, I, I used a few fun adjectives, but unfortunately, because it was a promotion, it was a serious affair and they didn't like my brand of humor, which I thought <sighs> was really funny. And they're like, no, there, there's no way that any, anybody would have done that. We know that you're dating this other associate. And uh, as a result of it, you know, we're, we're going to terminate your, your, your experience here. So now you have to go to the fleet undesignated. I peeled it. I took it all the way up to the, like the captain of the base. Wow. And they're like, dude, they're like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm listening to you speak right now. Uh, I, I, I don't buy it for a second. You got busted for being what erudite. What the fuck is that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm eloquent. 
Oops. So yeah, I, I got sent to the fleet undesignated. They gave me a choice if I wanted to go to like an aircraft carrier or, you know, um, a destroyer. They had a couple options yeah. and I, I was like, shit, destroyer. That sounds kind of cool. That, that seems hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so boom, enter the USS Mitcher. And uh, that's a funny thing that you mentioned that because when I, uh, when I went up going to the fleet, um, um, I had one of the few psychiatrists that would that that said, "Listen, your ADD is off the charts." They called it ADD then. I said, "You should have been on medication." I said, "I didn't think you could do that in the military." They said, "Yes, you can in an instructional setting." And when I told, you know, the powers that be, when I was getting out of ET school, I'm like, "Hey, they said I should have been on Ritalin this whole time." That was a year and a half. Um, and they're like, can you get that in writing? I'm like, yeah. All right. We'll get, uh, we'll say this is a academic drop then, you know, maybe we'll just switch your schools, you know, and you can be at radium and, you know, just go to radium and school. They use all the gear anyway, but I didn't want a thing to do with electronics. I actually mentioned being a journalist, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to even, I don't even want to think about resistors and transmitters and any of this crap. You know, I like to write. Maybe I could be a journalist. I wanted to be a musician in the very first place. Tony couldn't do that. So, no, I don't know what I want to do for the Navy. You know, this has been just yeah. a big, fat pile of shit so far. So they said, you don't know what you want to do? Then go strike in the Navy and find out. And they said, which one do you want? And I said, hey, this aircraft carrier over in Bremerton, Washington looks good. It's not close to my home in Wyoming, but it's closer. You know, I mean, it's one time zone away. So, yeah, that's the one I want. Uh Carl Vinson in Bremerton, Washington. They said, okay, you want a carrier in Washington state? Let's put you on a frigate in Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest ship on the, uh, like three times those away, but I've been here since it was great. Yeah. Best thing yeah. happened to me. I really, one of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now that we've killed like 20 minutes, I of know, not ta- man, let's talk about, not movie. talking about, yeah, might as well go ahead. Perfect natural segue, right? <laughs> All right. So Robocop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh what movie do, what movie do you have for us tonight? What 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 uh, what movie are we doing? I've got Paul Paul Verhoeven's Robocop circa eighty seven, eighty eight. I still don't know. I did depending on what it said. Funny story before I even get into this. Um I caught it, I don't know, a couple months ago. It was one of the last chance things on HBO. And I watched it. I'm like, I couldn't believe how good. Wow. You really feel. Paul Verhoeven is a sensual movie maker. He makes you feel everything like Basic Instinct. And I forget right now because I'm thinking about other shit. But Showgirls. Oh, yeah. But you feel Paul Verhoeven movies. And... You know, it's the only time I ever really felt like, I can't believe you feel what a cyborg is feeling. It's like a Frankenstein story, but, you know, cyborg Frankenstein, you know, you're really feeling for this Peter Weller guy and he's searching for his own identity that's gone in this machine. And um, so I saw it on HBO and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And when I found out we were going to do this, you know, this podcast, what we're doing now, um, I told my wife, hey, get it on Amazon on Blu-ray so I can, like, refresh, watch it. She's like, okay, goes to RoboCop, click, ordered, it comes to the house, RoboCop, right? 2014. They say the same damn thing. They look exactly the same. 
you know, if you don't know which which one you're looking for. And I'm like, oh, this piece of shit. I got to <laughs> because and this is the other thing, too. I I already made my mind up that. I thought I had saw seen it, but I didn't. I had actually seen like the reboot of Total Recall and thought that was a piece of shit. But I just associated that with the whole Robocop Robocop thing, thinking I'd already seen also, this. Also, another Verhoeven film. What? Total Recall. The second one? No, no, no it's Total Recall. One. Oh, yeah. wow. Twilight Zone. Yeah. So, yeah, Total Recall, Robocop. <clears throat> Good. Basic Instinct, Showgirls. Yeah. Um, uh, Starship Troopers. What about the in, um, the Hitcher? Didn't he do that too? No, he did something with Rutger no. Hauer though. He did a lot of yeah, shit. His, yeah, 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 yeah. His his very first English speaking film, and I can't remember the name of it. That one starred Rutger Hauer. Yeah, apparently they were like, yeah. you know, go way back before anybody even knew. Yeah. So yeah, man, and so you're feeling this thing, but it turns out I hadn't seen it, so I really didn't know how much how bad a piece of shit it was. And I'm going to say, yeah, it is. It is a piece of shit, but it's redeemable. But that mm-hmm. pisses me off, too. You know, you know, when you know something is not the same as the original, doesn't matter whether it's good or not. You know, you, you already had this standard to keep up with. You already had like bang, Beerhoven's RoboCop, the, you know, the intrigue of you know, this this man machine. Um, some of my favorite imagery is like when he's booting. I mean, you're booting. You're the captive audience in the system BIOS RoboCop's head, and he's coming online. You're just waiting for the next sensual thing to come at you. You don't know what's going to happen. You get the little crawl in the, in the side of the screen, like system BIOS, you know, check, check, and all this other green, you know. And, uh, it's a, it, and it stands up just for that, you know. Yeah. It also helped that I doubt. was like, stuck with this movie and uh there was a blizzard that i missed like i don't know two weeks of school for and in wyoming that's a big deal you know you got like eight ten foot snow drifts if you're missing school for snow um, yeah i'm like this is wyoming right yeah, you guys get that's where I grew like, up, wyoming. shared in wyoming and uh we had rented robocop <laughs> and i watched that thing i don't know like 20 times this is all we had to do you know i don't even think i don't know if the cable got turned off or shut down or something the vcr worked and so there I am watching RoboCop a ton of times. So we're getting all the one-liners from like, you know, Kurtwood Smith. Can you fly, Bobby? I was said that. <laughs> so it, I mean, it was, oh, good stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, you basically did all that work for me right there. So <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife and I talk about the movie, you know, and when she saw it, when she recalls like her seeing it the first time, she talked about like uh, the toxic waste guy and it just, I, and I, and I, I, after talking to a couple of people about the, about, you know, anyway, Robocop is, you know, it's towards the end of the movie and he's, you know, the bad guys coming at him and he's driving this big van post office truck thing and he smashes it into a toxic waste thing. And he's like, my skin's melting off and shit. I forgot all about that. It just, like the pace of the movie almost just ran right past it for me. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. sorry about your luck. But some people, they just, yeah, 
man, he got melted. And I don't know if I just saw Batman a few years later and that was my whole toxic waste thing with the Joker and it just got overridden or something. But yeah, I was like, ah, sorry about that. You know, dude with the balding red hair and his strange little goatee pointed sideburns and shit. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's amazing. Himself. As a kid, I was terrified. Well, I was terrified of several things. Sharks uh, because of Jaws, but like quicksand because of the never ending story and Ooh. toxic waste because of this film. And, yeah. 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 Like toxic waste was mm. all the rage in a lot of 80s films. Yeah. Oh, man. It's funny you mentioned that because. I never really got scared of anything. Um, one time when I was a kid, the toilet overflowed and like that freaked me out bad. And I mean, to the point where I'd be like 25 and a toilet overflowed and I'd be like, Oh, but like, I guess I thought the whole, the whole house was going to fill up with like shit water and we were going to drown in it. That's, that's what I thought was going to happen when I was a kid. So that was like the only weird thing I was ever really nervous or scared of, but leeches, um, oh, there's dude. a lot of leeches in like 80s movies yeah. too. Like Stand by Me. Rambo, you know, your mission Stand by Me too. And the, the whole leeches thing, man. What? And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? What? You just pull them off. You need a little wealth on your skin. Why did I do that? Why was I scared of that? Like contempt dude. prior to investigation or something. Will Wheaton's character gets the leech right on the dick. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and everybody's like, Ugh. but yeah. It's so funny, man. All of these good stories come back to like kick-ass storytellers. You know, Stand By Me, Stephen King, you know, Shawshank Redemption, Christine. Um, I mean, not even, I said, and even the ones that, you know, and then It, and you get the It reboot. My kid was crazy about it. Um, I'm mentioning a bunch of movies. I'm not even really emotionally invested in but like it's the Shawshank Redemption one that really surprises me because it's almost like you forgot about that you know some little novella that you know this is the, this this thick you know one of them little four past midnight stories or something not even a mm-hmm. horror story really but just monumental what do they yeah. call that like the the dad movie or something like dad's I, I don't yeah there was like this top 10 your dad's favorite movie and like Shawshank Redemption was way up there. I think Shawshank Redemption is in the top 10 and it might be the number one, mm-hmm. but this could I be, I might be talking out of my ass, but I want to say like on IMDb, mm-hmm. it's like, like one of like the highest rated films Ooh. out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've thought about, and you know, eventually we'll really kind of talk about Robocop. Maybe not. I don't mm-hmm. know if we're going to talk about Robocop or not, whatever. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. The whole, I mean, this is my podcast, right? So whatever the fuck we do, then so be it. Uh, well, we got about five minutes in. We said a whole bunch, right? Dude, I'm, and I've already done a RoboCop podcast. And if people really want to like, hear an in-depth conversation about it, they can check that out. Right. But um, yeah. Like the Frankenstein but, element. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and there, I mean, there are shit, there are all sorts of really cool theme, themes in this film. And we'll, we'll get to some of those. But um, yeah, like uh, Shawshank Redemption. I thought about it and I thought about it and I guess from films made in the past 25, 30 years, I don't know if I can think of a more perfect 
feel good movie than than the Shawshank Redemption. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not. I'm well, not going to go ahead and a go. Whole lot of turmoil before that feel good though. It, it's true, but that's but that's what makes it. You know, it, it, it's really all about that that release that you get at the end, where yeah. he he's finally free, and then Morgan Freeman's journey to the to the tree uh, by oh, the rock, yeah. and it's a platonic love story between you know two best friends, and and they and they end with them like yeah. out on the beach at the very end. That and score, it, the music, oh dude, carries, dude. and I hear it like. People will, I don't know if they're sampling it or if they got like, they bought rights to it or something, but I'll hear it in other places like a commercial or a movie or even a, you know, a crap TV show or something like that. I'll hear that, that tension progression, like when he, uh, that, that same song and theme that, that gets him to Buxton and, and he finds his, that black volcanic glass rock and he, digs it up and you just see you, you just watch this hope building and building and building and Morgan Freeman. And that's the whole point of the movie. Like, uh, like I said, with the uh, RoboCop being a Frankenstein movie, this is uh, the Count of Monte Cristo really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which they referenced by the way, you know, yep. I mean, they get that little nod when he's building the library and he's like, Oh, you'll like it. It's about a prison break. Oh, we should file mm. that under educational too. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Movie, man. Oh, it's good. It's good. You know what else is a good movie? Yeah. You just said Robocop. Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brought to you by right. Robocop. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. We do have to. You can, you'd be remiss if you even did a show remotely about Robocop without talking about all the little oh, big net plays within plays that fucking they made the I'll buy that for a dollar show. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't hard, but still you yeah. had, they had this, you know, and they had the commercials. God, the kids, when they saw the commercials, like nuke them. My kids are all twisted senses of humor. Anyway, they're like, Oh, this is great. Nuke them. And the Yamaha mechanical heart. In the six thousand SUX, yeah, like a lot of those advertisements and yeah. things like that were also designed as kind of like levity to kind of lighten the mood yeah, yeah. a little bit of everything else that was going on within the movie. Because the movie, not to mention the news, man. You know, the yeah. whole you got to get this arc on how crazily futuristically just, and it was a dystopian future, really. I mean, yep. it was one of those mm-hmm. future flicks that. No, there's no flying cars or anything. I mean, we got a robo robotic cop guy, sure, but you know, there's no futuristic cars. This is Detroit, and Detroit is still killing everybody at will. And that's the whole deal. It's like ah, oh, you know, and you're gonna set something in Detroit. That's like money in the bank too in the '80s, you know, because Detroit was a shithole. Everybody's dying, and crime is way the hell up here. Beverly Hills Cop. Um, true romance, you know, dirty ass Detroit. Let's just start it there. Yeah, so, the know, movie takes it, place in in the future, and Detroit is still a shithole. Mm-hmm. So, which you know, if you if you're from Detroit, that's got to be a bit of a bummer. The future isn't looking good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, and it was just like, but that's that's wow, uh, that's creative, you know, goldmine when you're writing about oh, we're gonna start here. 
where everything is shitty. There's nothing but to, there's nothing but better that this is going to get. You know, let's just make mm-hmm. RoboCop. He's going to clean the whole place up. He's going to be a superhero. And, and that theme, that music. And, you know, Peter Weller has never been better in anything else. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, admittedly, when I think of Peter Weller, I think of I think of three, maybe four movies. And I think of this, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think of Naked Lunch. I think of Leviathan <laughs> and uh, Buckaroo Banzai. I mean, those are really the only the only things I think of. But, dude, his voice is uh, yeah. like silky, just so good. Well, yeah, he's like, good. And it, it, yeah. it, it's really funny because you get a lot of depth out of him with that monotonous robotic voice in RoboCop. He's like, okay, I can only sound like this. Right. You're still going to, you're still going to feel it. You know, yet I don't have this. I've got to do all my expression from just this face, this mouth, half of a mouth. That's all you get. Yeah. 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 And I was, I was talking to my kid, um, who's a big old star Wars fan, you know, episodes one through nine. And, um, I was trying to get a pinpoint on when Jedi came out because, if it was 83 do what 83 that's jedi return of the jedi yeah yeah oh, wow. 1983 okay so yeah 77 was the original 80 empire return of the jedi 83 oh, that fast didn't they mm-hmm. yeah they every three years they had something yeah okay so all right but um the whole yeah it was it was the anakin you know, all of this is shaved, and this is the, all that's left is just that head. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, when when he's like putting himself together, him and his partner in the abandoned warehouse and shit, and his his sights are off and shit. Yeah, he's like leaking and bleeding hydraulic fluid, if you will, and um, he's got that whole Anakin look to him, and all, mm-hmm. everything is shaved, and he's like, you know, just the wife and kid or moved on <sighs> that second robocop e when they tried they, they tried to do everything all at once they really tried to cram everything and i'm talking about the 2014 version now the one okay. with samuel L. jackson and michael keaton's the big corporate douchebag like ronnie cox was but right. um oh who else I haven't, haven't, honestly i haven't i haven't seen the 2014 it's yeah. <laughs> There's this. I'm very, very leery about watching okay, well, remake. Right. I'm 50 50 on even recommending that you go, you know, you probably will just because I brought it up now. But um, if you don't, okay. If you do, it's, uh, it's not as much of a waste of time as I would like to say it is. I really wanted to tell you what a piece of shit this thing was. But the fact is, they do have different angles on it. You know, Gary Oldman's this, the scientist the doctor that's fucking getting him working. Um, mm-hmm. There's, there is a little bit of brilliance here and there. It doesn't make it a great movie though. It's, it's right. like, uh, what is it? Michael Keaton, Gary Oldman, Samuel L. Jackson plays this fucking, uh, uh, it's like a Rush Limbaugh character, you know, that's just like some just sensationalist, patriotic stir up the masses kind of fucker they bring the they bring this senator in and he's got this anti-robot act they got ed 209s and you see little snippets of the movie where 
when they do bring parallels in, you just roll your eyes at this point. Because mm-hmm. like, ah, but they're almost different movies, as different as like the John or the Johnny Depp. Uh, uh, God, the Alice in Wonder, not the Alice in Wonder, um, the, the Willy Wonka. Chocolate thing. Factory. Yeah. When they did the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory versus the Gene Wilder one. And I don't even know. Maybe maybe they were a little truer to form with the Roald Dahl story and the Johnny Depp one. I'll never know. I didn't read the damn thing. Um, but I remember Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder in it. And, you know, just like every other kid my age, it just hit me right there. Because the movie is fucking awesome. But is. The, the remake, not awesome. No, it's a problem. The, the problem is people aren't writing anything, man. I mean, the reboot idea is doomed from the jump. You know, you're always going to have naysayers. You're just setting yourself up for naysayers. Yeah, I mean, really, and, and this is an entirely different type of conversation, but what we know is generally – your your studio films it, it's all about branding can we package mm-hmm. this mo- this movie can we make our money back will you know will this be financially lucrative and if it, if something is easily branded if people already know that mm-hmm. uh, there's a chocolate factory and people already know what that is hey you know this will be a lot easier to sell and the chances are we can go ahead and be successful at the box office we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll attach tim you know tim burton to this and mm-hmm. tim burton will will get his Johnny Depp character and boom, we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll make box office gold. Despite the fact that story will be lacking, it'll be cliche, you know, loaded with cliche after at the end of the day, he, he, he's made some very, very fine films. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say he's forgiven, but shit, he hasn't really made anything Mm. really worth watching in the past 15 plus years. I'm going to trust you on that. Maybe it's a hot take. No, but, no, hey. it's a, you know, and you know, everyone is, you know, I mean, you got the, you know, you got the balls to say that in the first place. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to guess it's warranted. Um, sometimes I wonder when people are done, you know, and they keep going anyway, because, well, I'm Tim Burton and I got to do something like maybe he's out of shit, you know, maybe him and, uh, I mean, is he still with Helena? Probably, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, maybe. But when do you I mean, hang it up and you're just like, no, you know, you just get away. Just me and Helena are gonna like, I don't know, raise elephants or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm done with that. That's not what I'm. I'm the elephant guy. Leave me alone. I'm not that. So dark are you? Lady. Are you saying that because he did Dumbo? Jesus, no. I'm saying I must be a witch or something. I'm just pulling. <laughs> pulling vibes out of the air and this is what i'm coming up with you know i'm gonna deal with the devil and that's what's happening i'm just like telling the future all of a sudden like you know beyond whatever <laughs> past 15 years what uh, so 2005 we'll, we'll look at the films he's done he did charlie and the chocolate factory okay shit corpse bride it's okay, but I think we we want to hype that one because yeah. of the the style the style of animation, and he and, actually and directed it. It's not any different than like Edward Scissorhands, really. Yep. I nope. mean, mm-hmm. we know this story. You know, yep. this is the animated version. He did. He did Sweeney Todd. I, I maybe you can give him that. Maybe you can give him that. Um, yeah. Some maybe, people. Yeah. yeah that some was people just love for him. Helena, though. Really. I yeah. mean, she's like, oh my god, you're gonna finally do Sweeney Todd, and I get to be the girl. I get to be that girl. You know, it was like. Uh, 
it's like, you know, doing that Broadway thing that you never got a chance to do, you know, like, Oh my God, I've loved Sweetie Todd this whole time. So, I mean, it was almost like a little, here you go, baby. You know, Mm -hmm. put Johnny Depp in there. You know, you guys are good together. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows. (laughs) (laughs) Frank and Dark Shadows was funny though. I just like, maybe it's like, you know, I I don't know when it, when I just, sometimes I find myself liking things and maybe they're good. Maybe they're not, but like, maybe dark shadows is good. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to go back and watch it. I do remember thinking at the time, I'm like, "Eh," you know, I've seen it. It's not really an important film. I saw it. I don't really ever need to, it didn't really strike me as Johnny Depp is just completely and totally blown away by, I don't know, electricity. <laughs> he's, he's been in a coffin for a century. He's like, you know, I could be a, you know, because if you're like five or six hundred years old, I get like like the whole True Blood syndrome. The uh, when you're when you're thinking about these these there's vampires in the True Blood saga, and you start out with a hundred year old guy, and then there's a four hundred year old that made hair, and and oh, this guy's a thousand years old. This guy's fifteen hundred. You know, and then you know, there's just numbers at this point. But when you think mm-hmm. about that and you just really get into the, you know, the character of what does a 1500 year old vampire think about, you know, oh my God, I just did 16th century standing on my head. And uh, all of a sudden this fucking zinger, what are they going to think about from <laughs> 1900 to like now is just, right. you know, no, oh, stop, slow down. You know, we didn't even have, you know, first, you know, you start with the automated automated carriages and now there's like wi-fi and fucking microwaves in the air and shit and we got satellites all over the fucking what the hell you know have you ever have you seen what we do in the shadows um i've seen maybe a couple of aren't there like no i did i did see that it's a movie right not a yeah there, there i think there, there's a tv show yeah. now but it, it was all you know originally a movie and the movie <laughs> is <laughs> is just fucking gold and how you can still do something oh, yeah. interesting with a with a vampire trope which mm-hmm. w- was played out in like 1986 you know but yeah. you can still you can still do things interesting but going to kind of bring it on back and i don't want to beat up on tim burton we'll we'll, we'll 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 still talk a little robocop because i do want to talk about this movie and and definitely you know you know so reception wise i mean this is a movie that was widely accepted when it did come out yeah. very uh, very positive reviews rotten tomatoes today gives it a 90 percent audience score of 84 percent uh, imdb 7.5 out of 10 so really really strong and what we know about the movie obviously if you haven't seen this movie you've kind of maybe been living under a rock right so i'm not gonna oh God, i'm not gonna right. beat, I'm not gonna beat up too much time over the plot but well as even when you say already, that you know None of my kids saw RoboCop and like 15 minutes in, they're just laughing at all the antiquated shit. And I got to give you, I mean, I got to give credence to some of it, you know, when he's walking into the, into the police computer room to, you know, find the guy who's like, we killed you. And he shoots at him because he's got the evidence in his head, the recording, and he's going to plug it in with his big spike thing and, uh, you know, download it and find that out. He's walking through all of these, you know, mainframes. And I'm like, yeah, this whole room is only probably like half of your iPad. <laughs> 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 and that's it. Yep. 
That's so wild, man. And yeah, that, it was real though. I mean, we shit. I don't even know how it works. How it how how do we get like this many gigs, this many terabytes? You know, you know, all in that little bitty tiny IC chip or whatever. How how now are we doing that when we couldn't do it thirty years ago? Uh, how does posi track work? Uh, yeah, how's how popcorn it? pop? <laughs> uh, I miss Dennis. Oh, Dennis Miller. <laughs> That deadpan delivery. <laughs> it just, it just it does. Just does. <laughs> Joe Dirt, man. <laughs> That's a garden, dig it. What do you mean, pause attraction? There's another guy right there, Remo Williams. That was as good as Fred Ward ever got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there are things, elements in the film that are clearly dated, mm-hmm. right? But still, where the movie succeeds are the things that they were trying to tap into, right? I mean, the, the social satire aspect and basically a giant middle finger to the 1980s is oh, really yeah. what this whole movie is about, right? I mean, you, you cover politics, you cover economic decline and gentrification mm-hmm. and uh, militarization of like police departments and media influence and all those all those things that were such a big part and quite frankly in 2020 all of those things are are every bit as relevant now as they were then and that's for me that's what makes the movie still interesting and how it still holds up yeah um, and obviously the extreme violence and you know that 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 the film was also um wanting to tap into kind of like the comical aspect of just extreme violence but those are the things that make the movie movie work mm. i do like that it has an original score and it's it's still it still sounds a little a little dated but and some of the special effects and stop motion and things of that oh nature my God, are my kid called out the ed 209 stop motion he's like what is that and it didn't yeah. even occur to me oh I hate the kid. The kids now are just spoiling movies for me right now because like Ronnie Cox dies at the very end and he's falling on what's very obviously a green screen. And it's just laughable. Right. The very, when they, sh- when he finally shoots him out the window, you know, and it's, ah, I mean, it makes uh it makes the diehard kill scene just look, Oh, wow. All of that goes to Verhoeven though. I mean, everything yeah. you've said, you know, he just, you know, he's like, you audience person, you're going to feel the hell out of this. You know, every little mm-hmm. aspect of this, you're going to get my little tongue in cheek, cheek, middle finger to the, um, you know, not only the over the top violence in the eighties, but the, uh, streamlined corporate way that police are going to militarize and just like, take care of this crime city. Cause let's not forget, this was all about getting Delta city up and running and how right. long it was supposed to be. And that nice little corrupt touch they had where, you know, Ronnie Cox's characters talking to, Oh, Clarence Boddicker, badass villain still to this day, him and fucking shooter McGavin are like my favorite villains ever in the, you know, the antagonist in the movie. You're like, Oh my God. It's just. Did you art. know that Kurtwood, Kurt, Kurtwood Smith basically ad libbed and improvised his in everything that he was in? Everything. Now, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say everything, even though I literally just said everything. <laughs> but the majority of his lines were were uh, improvised. Wow. So, where you went ahead and 
what uh, did you do? Like, uh, can you fly? Yeah. Uh, oh, that, oh, oh, that was guns, it. guns, guns. Come on. Yeah. You know, he's like, the Tigers are playing tonight. Tonight. Never miss a game. And uh, those are those are cool little lines, too, because like bringing it back to Detroit, like I didn't know Detroit Tigers when I was a kid. I wasn't a sports kid. But, you know, I mean, I it, it brings the whole Detroit thing in, you know, watch it, rewatching it as an adult. I'm like, oh, my God, they have a Coke factory. They got the little vials and shit on a on a on a damn assembly line, you know, just like just dumping the Coke in there. And. You know, just enough racial tension too—not racial, but uh, prejudicial tension. You know, between you know the Italian drug king and you know the crime boss. Really, I'm—I've got this whole town. I'm marketing, you know, and the side deal. Like, yeah, because that's what I brought up the you know Kurtwood in the first place for when he was uh you know getting that little side deal. Oh, I'm gonna need all these laborers who they're gonna want drugs, they're gonna want prostitutes, they're gonna want all of this stuff, you know. You're going to be my guy for that. He's like, yeah, you know, I like you a little better now. Yeah. Um, and, for, and for the listeners, for those that don't know who Kurtwood Smith is, one, that, that, that's a shame that you don't know who he is, <laughs> but probably would recognize him as Red Foreman from that 70s show. He did many things, but Red Foreman is probably his most identifiable character that he's played. And if you thought he was an asshole in that 70s show – meet one of the greatest on-screen villains, you know? Oh, now, man. I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and necessarily put him in the same caliber as Hannibal Lecter, but but he was a prick and was responsible for one of the most grisly, violent, on-screen murders that I can think of, right? I mean, the murder of Alex Murphy. Oh, it, it, yeah. It's still, it's still, it still fucks, you know, fucks me up, mm-hmm. man. Just, oh, yeah. It, 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 it just, it, it goes on forever. You're literally yeah. just watching some guy just getting made, reduced to burger with shotguns. Yeah. yeah. Like two minutes. It's grisly. Yeah. And like, it's like Rambo kill level, but it's one guy and it just keeps going yeah. and going and going, you know? And it's your, and it's your protagonist and it's 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's an interesting point that my wife made when she was watching it with me. And that was how, like the, there was a, there were two kinds of women in, uh, in RoboCop that were portrayed really. There was the, there were the bimbos around the, I'll buy that for a dollar guy. And then there was, well, <laughs> except for, you know, standby well there's a rape almost rape victim but the um the only other more most present female on there was you know peter weller's partner nancy allen she was like uh, the the actress nancy allen played uh lewis yeah and lewis was probably the most asexual you know androgynous female it's almost it almost stands out like awkwardly like yeah that that was done by design uh, that was something that I had read that uh, Verhoeven wanted to have her be kind of androgynous. You didn't know when she was beating the shit out of whoever it was earlier in the film mm. until she takes off, you know, the the helmet and, and you see her. Mm. And yeah, I mean, she's short hair. Like she cut her hair for that, for the film. Mm. Because yeah, I mean, Nancy Allen, it, it's funny because obviously, I mean, she was in Carrie and she was in several other things in the oh, late right. 70s, yeah. early 80s. 
she I'm not I'm not going to make the the claim that she was necessarily like a sexual like icon, yeah. but she she was a looker by you know by I think anybody's definition you know good looking mm-hmm. gal. But yeah, they they went ahead and uh, trimmed her trimmed her up for that film with that intention. Also, I think and I could be speaking out of term, but I think they wanted to not necessarily make this film feel like there was sexual tension between. Uh, Murphy slash Robocop and Lewis. I pretty much had the same sort of vibe. I mean, that was my idea that, you know, we don't want to have any kind of, ooh, they're going to hook up. But uh, it's almost a stark contrast, you know? I mean, it's, ah, uh, you know? And it was weird, you know? I mean, she has some personality with, uh, she's when she's like chewing her gum and like blowing bubbles when she wants to say something or like, Oh, you're going to drive instead of me. And, you know, blows a little bubble, almost like bratty. Um, and yeah, she fits the buddy cop role really well, but I mean, it's like, it's like the, what am I thinking of? Uh, ginger Marianne thing. You know, she could have been a little more girl next door and still been hot, you know, and without being, Oh, we got to worry about the direction of the movie, you know? This is just my partner's quasi hot, you know, run like store hot. But yeah, that was my wife. And I hadn't even thought about that. You know, I'm just like, that's ah, just Lewis. Now the the screenwriter, uh shit. Um, I've got I've got his name right here, and I feel horrible that I normally I, I retain that crap. Edward Neumeyer, he also did Starship Troopers, and both films share a lot of a lot of parallels. Yeah, I mean, like the co uh, locker. Co-head locker, yeah, exactly. So, and that's it, kind of it, a Robert Heinlein theme too. You know, he's like, "We're going to rise above this, um, the, these taboos, and we're just going to be all." Yeah. In he's almost like a nudist or something. You know? Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. You can go even farther into that and get even deeper, but yeah, you can see that whole. You know, maybe he thought it was a. Okay, so you the screenwriter, and that, that's even an interesting concept too, because he did Starship Troopers. Was he or was he not like Highland motivated at doing that? Because that's the only time I'd ever really heard about the whole co-ed thing. I'm watching behind you. Oh, that's, I don't know if you've got like the loop playing of the RoboCop or not, or is it the straight, just a straight up movie? Like you have RoboCop playing behind you right now, right? Don't you? I do. I do. That, 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 that's something that I do on these uh-huh. is just play the movie behind me. So the, the person, right. Yeah, so the person on the other end can see what we're talking about. If anything strikes, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, which is funny too yeah. because I like first, it's on Amazon. At first, I thought it was a uh, like you just had the trailer back there because like I guess I only glanced behind you and looked at the TV. But both both times he's thinking about his wife coming up to him. And, I really need to tell you something. And uh, yeah, I'm like either that's a looper, but now I can see where you're watching. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. this doesn't make for good listening. You're just babbling on about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, right now we'll do like commentary of what each other person is doing for, you know, so right now Wendell is sitting in a chair staring longingly yes. at my eyes right now. Yeah. Longingly no, um, with, uh, <laughs> looking at everywhere but the camera on the laptop. That's the other annoying thing because I could be talking to you, but I'm not looking at you because I'm not looking at that, this, hey, that little thing. He says, as he whimsically strokes the beard he actually has now. 
Yeah, just, that's what that, that makes good podcasting, just narrating your own actions, right? So, <laughs> yeah, for the listeners that who I can't found, see, there's a there's a picture of the solar system behind me, um, and it lacks Pluto, but I've got a little post-it note where Pluto's supposed to be. This is Pluto was here, 8-23-2006, which was the last day it was recognized as a planet. Is it not recognized again? I thought they, I don't know why I Did thought they, they brought it back. they recognize it? I don't. I want to say yes, but I, I might be full of shit. The big but debate I is say they that. have to recognize. I don't know a bunch of other planetoid kind of pl- planets that share Pluto's characteristics. If they recognize Pluto, they're just being asses about forty other planets or some shit. I don't remember. My kid will tell you. The same kid that taught me how to solve a Rubik's cube. He's like brilliant off the charts. You know. Can can you solve it? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I can do it right now. Shut up. But I mean, like your listeners won't be able to see it. But yeah. One thing that I have, well, two things that I've learned about doing this podcast that I've already, that I've already known, but it just There's brings it back up. right here. Yeah. Yeah. So doing the podcast, we do these on Zoom. So we have a video conference. One, I get to look at the person that I'm seeing, mm-hmm. but above, but above the person I'm talking to is a little image of myself which I learned that I don't like looking at myself speak. That is weird. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just not not pleasurable. And two, I have to listen to the these podcasts. And I always knew that I wasn't a fan of my own voice. But now that I have to edit and listen to this podcast several times mm-hmm. over, the entire podcasting thing is very masochistic. You know, <laughs> I oh, that's mean, funny. It, so it, it's it, and I find it fascinating because of the fact that you sing uh-huh. and you perform and your voice is an instrument. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's it's uh, I found it that when I, what I'm doing, when I'm doing, you know, anything vocally, it's that I've always just kind of rested on that because once that kicks in. I'm pretty, you know, that's the, that's always really been the thing that I knew I wasn't going to screw up at, you know? And even if I did, like if I hitting this high note and I'm on top of a table and I fall down spectacularly, I'm going to bounce back up because I know the crowd only really remembers the last five seconds anyway. So how you play it off is really everything, you know, mm-hmm. it really helps the, uh, the hyperactivity in me just being in that little now reality but uh yeah you don't have to think about next friday when you're on stage there's only there's only now and that's yeah. that's my world man <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're running out of time uh-uh. so i'm gonna go ahead and do something that i like to do okay. which is the pop quiz i don't have a better name and if you want to create a jingle for the pop for uh for the hot seat you know i, I i'm <laughs> Any jingle shit. If you want to create a theme right now, I'm using right now. I'm just doing like a little drum beat as my intro. That's hilarious. This reminds me of like the, uh, the envy thing. You're walking along. Doodly do. You know, let me say, oh, it's Andrew Stammer's pop quiz. There you go. We're going to get sued. All right. All right, here we go. Question number one. While the film takes place in the city of Detroit, do you know where the majority of the film Blade Runner was actually shot for that, quote, futuristic look? You say Blade Runner just now? 
I'm sorry that I'm now I'm transitioning into question number two, which I just gave you the answer. Oh, wow. uh, but no, for that futuristic look of RoboCop, the RoboCop takes place in Detroit, yeah. but it was filmed in what city? Uh, I'll give you a clue. It start. It also starts with the letter D. All right. Um, Detroit. Um, now I'm blanking on. Okay, for the futuristic, where? What's? Ah, the only one I'm coming up with is Denver, and that's impossible. Um, no, it was not Denver. I'll go ahead and tell you. Just yeah, you know, for the sake of time, it was Dallas. Oh, they filmed this in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It's a sprawling bunch of pavement out there anyway you know the craziest clover leaves out there yeah anyway okay so dallas they shot at dallas so question number two well, i guess this is cool I'll, I'll you know if somebody gets five for five i'll give them my my navy achievement medal there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two the screenwriter edward newemeyer he got the idea for robocop from being on the set of what earlier 1980s film yeah we got, we already discussed this didn't we starship troopers no 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 oh, that is uh, later. blade right. runner um, he got the uh so oh. newemeyer got the idea to for this film after uh checking out blade runner okay yeah and you can see kind of parallels as far as the the whole idea of a, a, a cop uh versus robot and in this case that movie makes me sad though because uh, you know, those are the only two dystopian 80s movies that, you know, really come to mind, you know, when you're talking about a future. And uh, one uh, one influenced the other. It's almost kind of sad. All right, but anyway. It inspired. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, thematically, these movies are entirely different, That's right? True. I mean, they're, the, the entire tone and everything that they're going for is different, but they, they both deal with, with robots. But in this case, what if, you know, what if um, the cop was a robot? And that's what, what the movie is kind of right. focusing on in this one. Question number three. Do you know who was originally proposed for the role of Murphy? We know that Peter Weller ah. played him, but there were three proposed options for the actor uh, or rather the character of Murphy. I'll take any of these. Oh, wait. Ah, I know this too. I mean, cause I, I heard something or read something. I can't remember what it was. What was it? I can't, I can't remember any of them. That's okay. All right. So one, that other Verhoeven would is messing with my head. That's all I'm. Yeah. But anyway, so one, yeah. One Verhoeven would eventually work within total recall and that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. That makes sense. Number two, Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer was uh, originally proposed for. That was somebody that Verhoeven wanted. Dude, I, I could have just guessed. I could have just made a stab with. And three. number three, which would have also made it a really compelling, interesting Robocop, would have been Michael Ironside. Ooh. Yeah. Jester's yeah. dead. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Who played Robocop in the 2014 remake? Oh, you act. This is not fair. I oh man, I can't believe it. You're get you're getting yeah, me on the wrong it's, it, it's impossible trivia. You're not you're not supposed yeah, to know these. these are, he, he seems forgettable. Yeah, the guy. Unless I looked it up, I wouldn't be able to tell you his name. But it's Joel Kinnaman. Okay. 
the guy, he, he was also on the TV show, The Killing, and he was in uh, the film Suicide Squad, like okay. five, six years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think he might have been on House of Cards, but I might be mistaking him with another actor. Mm. Anyway, um, question number five. I don't expect this one. You, you get this one right off the top of the head, so I'll give you a multiple choice on this one. Now, the movie was is famed for its ultra violence, right? I mean, like just insane violence in this movie. In fact, the movie, when it was originally submitted to the MPAA, it received an X rating, like for the violence. It, it was so Sweet. violent, it received an X rating. So they had to resubmit it to the MPAA. In fact, um, the murder scene of of Murphy, that like that brutally oh, yeah. crazy. Re- yeah, horrible. They had to resubmit that scene how many times for them to drop the X to an R rating? Was it eight times? Was it 10 times? Was it 12 times? Or was it 20 times? Wow. I'm going to say 12. 12 is correct. 12 uh, is correct. Uh, yeah, they, they, had to, they had to resubmit that one scene Allegedly, I mean, the, I, the, the facts I have might be mistaken, but according to like commentary, uh, Verhoeven stated that he had to resubmit that scene 12 times for them to drop the, the X-rated um, wow. rating from the MPA. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. I almost had it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad for a 46-year-old guy. 45. Not bad, dude. When, uh, February 21st, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. You're yeah. you're May sometime. I know you're a Taurus. That's really the only thing I remember. You were like you were like the fourth Taurus like in a row to just be like, Yeah, you know, the Zodiac's bullshit. And I'm like, Yeah, but nobody but Taurus has told me that. <laughs> uh, <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm an I'm an April Taurus, but yeah. That's right. Was it so it's late April then? Yeah. Yeah. I knew that was close. Yeah. You you share the same birthday with like four or five of my like favorite people. Alan Rickman. Uh, that well, I've never met him, but uh, <laughs> uh, now it's kind of like time for for wrap up. Unfortunately, these podcasts are designed mm-hmm. to be about an hour long, and we we've uh, we've chatted this past hour. It's been awesome. I'm very very thankful that yeah. you've you've uh, you've joined me. Um, I really don't have much else to say other than, dude, you are welcome back anytime oh you gosh. want to talk about or 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 not talk about any movie uh, for an hour, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. That was well said. My... Do you have anything you want to plug? Anything coming up that you oh want to you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, I would probably say I do, but I have no idea what that is at this point. It's uh, I'm finding out the more I. Uh, you know, the more uh, the more times this this big rock keeps spinning around. There's only really two time frames for me. There's now and there's not now. Um, I would have something if I had prepared, but you know, there's no telling. I've got no idea. But it's been uh, it's been really cool just talking with you and seeing you again, man. You know, yeah, things been... are similar and not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh now i just i just had a like a vision to like face off it's like looking in the mirror only not Um, (laughs) all right brother wendell wendell eric wendell e yeah nabe willoughby now spherison 
AKA McFly, AKA, you know, go to hell. I don't know. All kinds of, that's good to see you, man. It's so long. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Where can the kids find you? Uh, you, uh, you on the, you on the Instagram? Do you do um, yeah, anything? I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's funny. I've got a, uh, I got an Instagram called like misspelled Instagram. That <laughs> <laughs> I misspelled like, it's like M I S P E L T Instagram. Um, and it's a piece of shit. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I haven't put any thought into the site except for the clever name. I'm not doing anything on the damn thing, but yeah, I'm on there. Um, Wendell McFly on all the other stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm there at that whole thing with the, the eighties band. We did the DeLoreans McFly. So I've been the Wendell McFly for the last 12 years, really 13. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so all my social media is still Wendell McFly. The LLC is Wendell McFly. Um, right. So yeah, if you just search Wendell and that's W I N D L E, like swindle without the S, Wendell. Oh yeah, it's right here on my damn shirt. Look at that, Wendell. Um, but yeah, now, I'm not going to claim this, but I am still going to claim this. When I met you, you were you were going by Eric in those days, and I remember finding when you told me that your first name was actually Wendell that I only would call you Wendell and then you cease really being like Eric and then you did become Wendell. You know what? I think you were a compelling factor in that. There were a lot of other people that I would say there were about four or five different really good friends of mine in the Navy. And really that's, that's a good summation of being, you know, in the Navy for like your first hitch or your only hitch or whatever. You're going to meet like, I don't know, four or five, really interesting people that matter to you that, you know, you're going to remember the rest of your life and you're one of them. And there was another guy I was in school with this guy used to, you know, he used to spin jungle beats. He was crazy. Yeah. But he insisted on calling me Wendell too. And I think the, the, I think, you know, actually now that I think about it, probably only just the two of you um, and everybody insisting on, you know, you just get tired of explaining you go by your middle name in a military that just goes, you know, if they do list your, on your military ID or a little name placard, it's going to be first, middle, last, or first, middle, initial, last. And no, that middle initial, I got to, you know, so you, you explain your ass off trying to get people to get that. After a while, you just like, ah, you know, Wendell's cool. I'm not trying to go buy something cool in school anymore. So who cares? Wendell, why not? But yeah. All right, Wendell, we we are all wrapped up. Again, thank you. And for the listeners, please like, subscribe, all that fun shit. You know what to do. I will see you again next Friday with another movie. (laughs) Woohoo!